Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Off the Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators, the serious backup power and first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. Yes, indeed. Welcome. It's another big show, another big night ahead of us here on Off the Bench. Benny Jones is my name. We are here proudly thanks to the wonderful support of Kubota Diesel Generators for that serious backup power and first choice liquor. Got a massive show ahead coming up shortly. We're going to hear from the the right-hand man of JT, uh, who's been there since day one from the uh, formulative days of his professional sporting life right through until, well, now as he heads towards retirement. I'm referring to Sam Ayub, his manager, so we'll get him on shortly. Uh, Also, uh, we're going to uh, get stuck into a great debate. We're going to talk about lunatics in league uh, in a nice way. Well, in some cases, in a nice way and just whether they are a special and key ingredient to the ultimate success. A man who, well, he's far from a lunatic. He might have played with a couple and against plenty in his playing days is Scotty Sattler, who joins us here on Off the Bench. Uh, Sats, uh, welcome to the program. Another big weekend awaits us. Yeah, absolutely, Benny. Um, As you said, uh, it's been a huge week, and unfortunately the rugby league community is grieving uh, at the passing of Mm. um, Lance Thompson, who played nearly 250 first-grade games with St. George, and St George Illawarra, and also and also Cronulla, 201 games with St George and St George Illawarra, and it's a, a really sad uh, a sad time for rugby league and the community. As I said, a, yep. a very popular teammate to a lot of players that have played alongside him. I know I played a lot of rugby league against Lance. He was a tough competitor, very skillful competitor. A bit of a, it's an amazing story. You know, he's transitioned from schoolboys rugby league, Benny, into first grade rugby league. He went to Kingsgrove High, which is in that that St George Dragons district, and Played Australian schoolboys in 94 and 95. And in that same year, in 1995, as a 17-year-old, he made his first grade debut. Yeah. And then when 1996, as an 18-year-old, played in a grand final against uh, Manly, which they lost for the Dragons. It's a, an amazing career. As I said, had a really positive effect on a lot of people. And, yeah, still, there's still details to be emerging, uh, are emerging about how his passing actually occurred. So it's yep. a uh, sad time. It is indeed just 40 years of age uh, and we, on behalf of obviously everyone involved here on Off the Bench and all of our colleagues, send our uh, regards and our condolences through to the Thompson family and friends and former teammates and even yourself, Sats, former opponents who would have known uh, Lance pretty well across the journey. So yeah, you're right, it is a sad note to start on uh, and uh, we'll obviously hear more about that over coming days, I'm sure. Some of the news through the week uh, and before we uh, start to uh, dissect, of course, uh, Thursday night's clash, which didn't really scale any great heights you were calling the game sats for nrl nation but it was an important one for the tigers to keep their uh, oh so slim finals hopes alive we'll get to that shortly but um well i guess the the biggest news of the week it was a reasonably calm and docile week we know there's been a lot of furor around coaches uh and that has dissipated a little although still a touch of it going on at manly with the uh impending departure of trent barrett uh caelan ponga um a little bit of Vision emerged out of uh, an interview that he had with a, a Kiwi television show. Um, 
Well, he basically voiced his desire to one day represent the All Blacks uh, in rugby. Of course, the uh, the famed All Black side, which has just dominated that sport for the best part of two decades. What did you make of it? And should uh, should league fans, Newcastle and Queensland and Australian fans, be concerned? Yeah, I think you should be concerned. Um, do I like it or don't like it? I think you've got to take it in the context of the way that the, the interview was conducted. Uh, as a young Kiwi boy, an Australian boy, he's got um, a Maori father. Um, any kid that is asked in New Zealand, would he love to play for the All Blacks? Of course your response is yes. So we've yep. got to take that into context. Uh, he's going to be a, a generational player once... Um, once in a generation that we'll see a player of of, uh, of his stature and his athletic ability, we'll, another one will come along in probably 10, 15, 20 years' time. But at the moment, um, he's going to be one of these players that's going to hold all the ace cards in regards to negotiating and where mm. he plays and what code he plays. But yeah, in the context of the interview, he's asked if he would play for the All Blacks, and he said, I'd love to one day play for the All Blacks. And I like that, but I like it because it keeps the National Rugby League headquarters honest. It means yep. that... This kid is the jewel in the crown moving forward for this game. He's going to be the poster boy. Guys like him and Cameron Munster, just to name a couple of them. And they have to keep to be reminded that you can't rest on your laurels and expect that these players are always going to, in this day and age, be committed to your code. So I think from an operational and a recruitment sense, it it really does to keep the NRL on their toes. And it's it's what they need to do. And just Carlin Pong, he, he's, he's good at everything. I mean, he had a... He had a contract on the table from the Brisbane Lions at one stage yeah. as well before he decided yeah. to take rugby <laughs> league right. on as a as a sport of passion. And, and of course, we've spoken about it at, at nauseum about how he plays off a scratch golfing handicap as mm. well. And at the age of 32, 33, he wants to go on the on the golfing uh, circuit, the golfing tour. So mm-hmm. I don't like the kid. So. <laughs> He's one of those annoying types who's just yeah. good at everything he does. So, uh, look, it's not happening in the next couple of years, but down the track, yeah, I, I agree completely, Sats. Uh, it's all about, as a youngster, having aspirations, and it's not to suggest that to wander into the All Blacks is an, an easy thing to do, but you look at maybe the pathway of a sonny Bill Williams and what Israel Folau has been able to achieve with the Wallabies that, uh, yeah, there is the lure of a, a possible World Cup and things like that. So, yeah, good luck to the kid, and uh, for the meantime, we've got plenty to look forward to as far as his... Uh, yeah, we have to take our rugby league hat off, don't we, sometimes? Yeah, and, yep. and, yeah, you come from an AFL background. Sometimes you've got to take your AFL hat off and say, hey, listen, this kid is special and he needs he needs to taste as much success as possible, yep. as as all sports people do, some sort form of success, whatever that, whatever that, whatever that image is. But this kid... Um, yeah, you wouldn't begrudge him if he chased that dream. Not at all. Now, uh, you wouldn't think that a side sitting top of the table a couple of weeks out from the finals would have too much to concern themselves with, but uh, there are a few worries at the Melbourne Storm, and, and, and all yep. of those brought about because of injuries and suspensions they've picked up in recent weeks. And I, I read a story that suggests that uh, they've got the Titans this weekend uh, on the Gold Coast. They're going to actually spend a few more days uh, post-game up in this part of the world to um, to recover and to go to the beach and just sort of take their mind off I guess, footy for a little while. It's it's probably not the worst idea as they launch into another brutal finals campaign. No, well, the Warriors did it, actually, after being embarrassed by the Gold Coast Titans. They, <laughs> yeah, they didn't want to go stayed, home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they stayed in uh, northern New South Wales and then came out the following week and had a really impressive uh, victory that, that following week. I, I was a little bit concerned about them staying away from home, the Warriors, but it worked. And um, yep. the Melbourne Storm, well, they play the Panthers in the last they round. Do. So mm. they'll basically stay in northern New South Wales and just trek down to Sydney later on the week to get ready for that game, uh, which is actually a... It's at Amy... No, they're playing Amy Park. They're playing Amy Park, actually, so yeah. they're going to have to travel back to Melbourne. And um, 
Yeah, I, I like the idea of it because it's going to be a Friday game, that. So it's only going to be really, a really short week. Um, I, I like the idea of it. And to get out of Melbourne and yep. get into some climate, I suppose, where they can uh, freshen themselves up a little bit as well. Um, it's not as if they're in the spotlight in Melbourne um, as they lead into the finals amongst all the AFL sides. But you just need yourself emotionally and psychologically. You need to escape your immediate bubble, um, however small that may be, in a... AFL landscape and and just refresh the batteries before you head into the um the finals because they'll treat the Panthers game as if it is the first week of the finals not not the week later so uh yep. yeah they're up against it at the moment injury wise and um and also you know fighting to keep Cameron Munster from 2019 onwards 2020 mm. so uh they got a fair bit on their plate but I, yeah I like the idea Friday night preview which uh will be the game getting underway shortly the Cowboys take on the Eels stunning to think that for um. For most of us, and you know, we, we all put our hands up and admit that uh, pre-season predictions aren't the easiest things to do at the best of times, but you would have pretty confidently suggested both of these sides, Cowboys and the Eels, whether winning premierships, they would have been contending, they would have been in the finals, they'd have been preparing for a big post-season campaign, but it's been anything but for both of these clubs. There'll be plenty of emotion tonight, but uh, it doesn't take away from the really disappointing aspect of what these two have dished up in 2018. Yeah, I know, very disappointing. Um as we keep reminding ourselves about uh, Gary Belcher and myself's grand final this year was the Bulldogs, sorry, the uh, the Eels versus the Cowboys. <laughs> um, but really disappointing from, from both sides. I think um, the run that the Cowboys went on last year to the finals meant that everyone had to step up without Matt Scott and without Jonathan Thurston, and, and they did that. But now that both those players return, or more importantly, Jonathan Thurston for a large part of the year and Scott still being out injured... I think everyone's just taking their foot off the gas a little bit and expected Jonathan to um, to fill the holes, and, and that's been disappointing. Michael Morgan's probably been a, a big out this year with the um, with the Cowboys, but the Eels, on the flip side, they've probably been the most disappointing side. And yeah. On paper, we look at them and say, you know, this is a force to be reckoned with, but we just don't know what's happening behind closed doors. And obviously, obviously, there's been. Um, some movement internally that has really has affected their form this year, the Paramount Eels. So there you go. Friday night preview. Cowboys, Eels, not far from kickoff there. This is Off the Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators, providing reliable, constant backup power you need when you need it, and first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. Plenty still to come, including a Thursday night review. That's next here on Off the Bench. Off the Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators and first choice liquor. This is Off the Bench for First Choice Liquor and Kubota for serious backup power. Yeah, welcome back to Off the Bench. Benny Jones, Scotty Sattler here with you. Plenty of shows still to come. Uh, we'll reveal our Makita Power Player for the week. A great debate where we're going to discuss, well, fun topic, lunatics in league, the good, the bad, and everyone sort of in between that just sort of walks that tightrope of somewhere between sanity and insanity, but uh, often uh, can bring out the best in themselves by probably leaning more towards the insanity side. We'll get a driver's seat preview as well and Sats tips for the remainder of round 24 still to come. Right now, though, on the show, let's get a Thursday night review happening via a 7-Eleven NRL update. Let's get an NRL update for 7-Eleven. Tackle your lunchtime hunger at 7-Eleven. Good call. Yeah, and a good way you can do that is by uh, jagging yourself one of these delightful, freshly ground coffees. They're just $1, a little bit of loose change in the pocket. That'll be enough to get you a coffee at 7-Eleven. It is a good call. Thursday night uh, review, Sats. Let's get into it. And it was the Tigers defeating the Seagulls to keep their oh-so-slim 
top eight hopes alive. Uh, 22 to 20. You look at the scoreboard uh, and you'd suggest uh, this was probably a pretty good game of footy. You were there calling it for NRL Nation. How would you describe it? No, horrible. Horrible. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, really below below par it was. Um, when you're looking at a side like the West Tigers, Benny, who were hoping to play in the finals, um, maybe will come up a little bit short. At least they get to fire the first shot over the bow on a Thursday night and let everyone else play the rest of the weekend out. They can sit back and see what happens between the Warriors and the Panthers and the Roosters and the Broncos. But um, based on the way the West Tigers play, they had it up against them. Uh, they haven't won the last seven occasions at Campbelltown. So statistics says that uh, the Manly Warringah Seagulls probably should have won the game. But in saying that, it was a it was a game that looked like that it was at half speed. When you can't try and compare it to some of the teams that are sitting in the top four, top five, who play at such a breakneck intensity, um, they, they, both these teams are left a little bit wanting. I know yeah. that Manly Seagulls would probably be um, both physically and emotionally a little bit drained at the moment with everything that's happening off the field. But the West Tigers, who had so much to play for, started the game off um, probably in about probably in about first or second gear and mm. didn't get out of it until about 30 minutes into the game. Um but they end up getting away with the win, 22 points to 20. Um, some some highlights in the match were basically late in the match when the game was on the line and Daly Cherry Evans tried to come up with a, a really big play just on full time. But um, all in all, it's, it probably says that the West Tigers, the reason they're not playing the finals is because yeah. when they're in the, the face of the fire... They don't bring out their best their best performances. Well, you mentioned that moment late on, and the performance of Daly Cherry Evans. Uh, while it won't go down as one of his greats, he scores a double. It does feel as though, and I know the Seagulls' results probably don't correlate with what I'm about to say here, Sats. But since that since that game three, where he came into the Queensland side, played a starring role in that game three win, he seems to be playing with. Um, I wouldn't say more reckless abandon, but certainly a bit of weight, a bit of pressure off his shoulders. He's he's found a new lease of life, and that all augurs well for next season's origin, and obviously, hopefully, he can carry that into to 2019. But the, the, the lacklustre nature of the game almost demanded that it go, it went to Golden Point. That That's what it needed to uh, maybe reward the fans who turned out in yep. decent numbers. But uh, unfortunately, as you said, Daly just came up a little bit short with that, uh, that last attempt. I thought his effort... On Thursday night was was a really good one from Daly Cherry Evans. Yep. As you said, he's he's a leading player. He he plays the same most weeks. He challenges the line. He's, he's actually he's a big body when you walk up next to him off the field. It's surprising how big he is, but um, he's taken a real leading role with um, with this side. And I I take my hat off to him about how resilient he is emotionally because he has got he's probably one of the most maligned players. He'd be in that group of most maligned players in the NRL. And he continues to just delivering. Week in, week out. He doesn't let anything affect him. It ricochets off him. He always comes up with really good performances. Another good one last night, as you said, two tries. But right on the stroke of full time, they got a penalty. About two metres in, three metres in from the sideline, uh, on the western sideline, which is the, the the right side for a, a right foot kicker, which Daly Cherry Evans is. And it was about 47 metres out from the trial line. So if you look at the uh, at the trajectory, it would be probably over 50 metres, this kick. He's not a recognised big kicker in regards to distance, Daly Cherry Evans, but he hit this ball after full time and just nailed it. It was like a beautiful three iron. And it dropped about a metre or two before the crossbar. Um, and you're right, it probably needed to get a golden point for both these sides because they mm. were as bad as one another, both these sides, throughout the first 80 minutes. It needed a golden point to really yeah. wake everyone up from a slumber. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the Tigers, well, they live the fight another day. Um, we always 
look at uh, on NRL Nation, unfortunately, and the Dally M's and whatever it may be. We always look at the playmakers that mm. they get the three points, your man of the match. And for NRL Nation last night, because it was such a dour affair, it was really all about defence and workload and work yep. rate. Young Matt, Matt Eisenhuth, who's a, a young man who's forging a career with the West Tigers, about six foot four he is. He did 58 tackles. He had 38 tackles before at half time, Benny. And he had 58 tackles, and he was off the field for about 15 or 20 minutes or so. So mm. he he possibly would have broken 70 or 75 tackles if he stayed on for the whole game. Um, it's a really big effort from a from a player that's got a really high work rate. Yeah, and, and his story uh, is is quite an incredible one, isn't it, Sats? You, you mentioned oh he had to wait so long to get given his opportunity. He spent some time yep. at the Penrith Panthers. Uh, he was he was cut from uh, from that club uh, in 2014. He found out he had a tumor in his knee. He had to actually have yep. that cut out and uh, have the uh, the space filled with bone cement, no less. So he joined the uh, West Tigers in 2016, but he had to wait until round 15 of last year to make his debut. And since then, he, he really hasn't looked back. So 26 years of age, but this is clearly, as you said, still in footballing terms, a young man who he's going to do whatever it takes to, to make it a success in, in, in the top flight. And he's showing that as well. And you know, it's not about how many games you play in the NRL. It's what sort of legacy you leave That's right. when, you, when you leave the game, whatever game you're playing. And whether it's off the field, you're a genuine hard trainer that, that gave his club everything. Um, yeah. And on the field, you're a player that just knew that his teammates knew that you were going to be there for them when you needed. So, And Matt Eisenhuth, the way that he's going, I hope. You know, I cross my fingers that he doesn't suffer any more um, serious injury that'll that'll mm. keep him out of the game because he's making the most of it now. Absolutely. Thursday night review for 7-11. The Tigers defeat the Seagulls 22 points to 20. And if you'd like a free kick for flavour, try the new V Tortured Orchid. It's now available at 7-11. Uh, right now on the show, with still plenty to come, by the way. Sats tips for the remainder of round 24 and a Makita power player ahead of us. Let's get into a great debate. The Great Debate for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power. Yeah, indeed, they provide that reliable, constant backup power you need when you need it most. And a light-natured great debate because we've sort of had this already, Sats, earlier in the week, yourself, myself and Gary Belcher. It all came back to off the back of Andrew Fafita's little blow-up last weekend where he... Well, he basically suggested in no uncertain terms he didn't agree with uh, some members of the Cronulla coaching staff and their assessment of his first half uh, when he barged over for a try. Players who really walk that tightrope, live on the edge, lunatics, they have yep. the ability of falling into that category. Are they Gordon good? Tallis. Yeah, throw him into the mix. There's, there's a heap of names. Shane Webke. <laughs> I reckon you know about uh, a dozen Wickey. off the top of your head. Are they good or bad for a club? Uh, and, and when you look at successful good. clubs over the journey, um, have they been an ever-present? They're good for the club, but only when they walk across that white line to train or to play that that switch gets flicked at the back of their throat when they put their mouth guard in, and that's when they turn into the unhinged. That's when they're really good for your club. <laughs> Off the field, my dad was probably one of the. He's he sits up there at the at the lead table with some of the most unhinged human beings in <laughs> rugby league. You know, he. I remember one of his former teammates, Bobby McCarthy, one of the greats, used to say, "You know, it used to amaze me about your dad. I'd watch him for 80 minutes on a field, try and uh, rip people's arms out of their sockets, stomp on them on the ground. If they <laughs> challenged him, he'd, he'd hit them on the chin. And he said, as soon as the game would finish, we'd walk out the front of Redfern Oval." The, the proud place of South Sydney, and he'd be helping an old lady across the road. <laughs> he said, um, "Now that's they're the players that you need in your yeah. side to yep. to win big games, Benny. Um, they can win or lose your game. Most often, not they win your game. Yeah, they are a little unhinged, they're a little bit loose, but 
you need that because your opposition mm. needs to be looking through the corner of their eye and it can just take them if you can take the opposition off the game plan just for a split moment yep because of these players um, they can win you the game so um, the ones that you don't want are the unhinged when they continue to be unhinged and unintelligent un, uh, in a, uh, in and try and play the role of um, of class joker off the field yep well, we looked at it, uh, Gary Belcher, Scotty Sattler, through the week on Sports Day. Current day uh, players that would fit the mould of, well, lunatic, let's put it mildly. Uh, and uh, we went through club by club, uh, starting from the top, working our way all the way through to the bottom. All 16 clubs who uh, were the candidates at those clubs to uh, to fit the mould of lunatic. So let's have a little listen uh, to that chat earlier on the week uh, on Sports Day. Brisbane Broncos. Start there. Josh Maguire. Yeah, absolutely. lunatic. <laughs> absolutely. He's one that can get under your skin. Um, yeah, see, lunatic, you know, what you're really talking about is someone is, is a bit, is a little bit of a bit of a crazy side yeah, to them. Yeah, they're just going to go. Times. Like we said, they're insane, a little bit unhinged. They can win your game. They can lose your <laughs> game through yeah. penalties, whatever it may be. Mm. Josh Maguire fits that mould. Yeah, right? that, that's Broncos. South that's Sydney. Yep. Sam Burgess. Sam Burgess. Unhinged. Yeah. Yeah. Looking through the corner of your eye. Whenever you're running a ball up, where's Sam? I don't want to go anywhere near him. But an exactly. absolute match winner when, yeah, when he's absolutely. on song. And a little. The last you know, few weeks. Yeah. Lost a few games for them. Yeah, just to his match winner and, and match loser. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Manly Ringer, Seagulls. Can't really find one. I think oh, Martin Tapao likes to think he can be, but you don't think he is. goes missing during games. Ah. Joel Thompson's got a little Joel, bit. Of, yeah, Joel Thompson. Cray cray about he, him. He's got. Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, he's got some real. Like a little bit of mongrel in yeah, him too. Gold Coast just, he lifts his side. Keegan Hipgrave. Yep, yep. He'll be captain coach in about three or four captain years. Co- well, I guess everyone else He's will been, lose. Sin been twice in a game earlier this season, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah one yeah, game. That takes talent. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about Melbourne Storm? I think Cam Munster. Yeah. He's that erratic, loose unit. Is, it, is that loose is it, It's on and off, off field. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. 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 He's the sort of guy that could drink six stubbies a night before a game and still just play <laughs> I, the game. I know yeah. Should be playing the seventies. <laughs> I know nothing about that young hooker Brandon Smith, but I just got a feeling he might be a bit like that. Yeah. He just run through a brick wall. He's got a little bit of potential. Give isn't him he? time. Yep. Yeah, uh, Parramatta. Well, they've got Manu Ma'u. Yep. Yeah. Don't. That's no, his eyes scare me. Just, Nathan Brown. He's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Too crazy. That might be the thing. That might be. They're up just past the tipping point. If Penrith Panthers. They've got. A possible captain coach in years to come in Young Hetherington. Yeah, if he's ever if he's not suspended for life, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty soon. That's his third yeah. time this year. I think he's got yeah. a couple of weeks. Now Newcastle Knights. I had to scratch my head a little bit. Yeah, they've got Herman Essie, who's a really nice kid. Tries to play aggressive. He, he's got the potential, but he's just not there yet. Mm. He's not in a straitjacket just yet. So he's a, he's, a, he's like a, a rookie, an MEGT yeah. rookie. He's on yeah. the way. Like Jack he wants to be. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to be a player that wants to lead that forward. Give pack, him 12 just, months. Yeah, yeah okay. no one there yet at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, West Tigers, Russell Packer. Yeah. Spent yeah. time in prison. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's just yeah. he's probably captain coach at the moment. <laughs> St. George Illawarra. See, I reckon Tyson Frizzell's got that. Do you? He's got that serial killer look about it, him. And he does worry players when he decides he wants to just take someone out. Yeah. He just takes them out. Yeah. yeah. Love mm-hmm. that about him. Did you uh, do the Cowboys yet? I haven't done the Cowboys yet. Um... What about the Cronulla Shovel and Sharks? That's uh, Andrew Fafita and Paul Gallon. Yes. Love to play the villains. Yep. Yep. Mm. Okay, the Bulldogs, Clamour. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Got him. Canberra. Oh, BJ Lalua can lose your game, win your game. Just <laughs> screw off and lose, lose your game. Yeah. Josh Papali. He is a Josh bit Papali unhinged. has yeah. a lot of few people. Like, I don't think there's many people that uh, Paul Gallon is worried about, but he has. Uh, he has. He <laughs> almost. Um, 
he's got an each way bet with his eyes yep. when he's playing against yeah. the Raiders. Just keep an eye out for Papa to blindside him. Hmm. Roosters, of course, Jared Woolrea Hargraves has been. Nah, yeah, Victor Radley. Victor Radley, he's the new, yes. he's the new kid on the block. The new loony. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cowboys. Is, is there one that's. Is it Tamalolo? Well, I think so. Just Is it just because of his erratic nature, the way that he plays? Like, it's that, just yeah. a better. Don't often I see just, him blow up, though. He's, no, he he's doesn't. Reserved. And he's think, not giving away penalties. No. no. So, the Cowboys probably need to find a lunatic. They mm. need to sign a mm. lunatic. But so, your theory is that every. Good club, every winning club has to have one. Yes. But so if we go back over the last yeah seven or eight premierships, you're saying there'll you could there'll be one. There Mar- should be one. There might be one club that. So last year, Melbourne Storm, Cameron Munster, 2016 Sharks. See, Will Chambers is a little bit unhinged. He is, yeah, yeah. Well, Sharks, the feeder there clearly. Fafita Andrew Gallen. Feeder and Gallon. 2015 Cowboys. Yeah. Oh, see. Yeah. There you go. They broke the mould. 2014 South was was at your Sam Burgess. Burgess, yep. And had an absolute blinder. Yep. The Roosters in 2013. Jared Hargraves. 2012, the Storm, Storm. again. Uh, yeah. So Billy's runs. a little Storm's bit unhinged. No. Billy, Billy, <laughs> come on. You all think Billy is a golden child. You know I've got a man, yeah. man crush on Billy, but he's a grub on the field. Okay, he's, yeah, Manly, cheeky, cheeky 2011. Man. Manly, 2011. Anthony Watmo. Yeah. 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 Good one. Okay. Right. Well, what about, Badge, we go even further back? I'll ask you about your premiership winning size, starting with you, Badge. So we'll go back to 89 we'll start with. Well, someone who would just could, could just take someone out, Dean Lance. A oh, big Mal could do that too, but the mad eyes who, when things weren't going right, he just wanted to make something happen. He more often did was Laurie. Yeah, yeah, Laurie does. I would never of... say Laurie's a lunatic, but no. he's just got that absolute. Yeah. He's he had a little bit vision. Un- he had a little bit of unhinged. About Very him. similar <laughs> to Gordy Tallis's yeah. eyes when yeah. he. When, what about the Broncos in '92? 93 through that era. Alan Can. There you go. I played under 13s, under 14s rep with Alan Can back row. Scored a double in 92 grand I final. hope you didn't have to room with him. He'd Mate, he scary. He, f- he frightened me. He had, he had an earring that sat down <laughs> lower than his chin, and he was 13, yeah. a kid from Anala. Mm. And I, I, he just scared me and frightened me for two weeks on this bus trip around North Queensland. <laughs> I was, and he was my teammate. Hey, Penrith, 91, yep. MG. MG. Had Absolutely. To be. Yep. What about when you were playing when yeah. you won your comp? What about 03, 03? Penrith 03? Martin Lang. Martin was Craig Lang. Gower a bit crazy too? And Craig Gower was going to be my next one. There you go. <laughs> he is unhinged on and off the field. You've nearly tipped. You've nearly you had I actually point. went back to like 2007, 2008. I was going from 2008, <laughs> Ben Kennedy for Manly. 2009, Adam Blair for Melbourne. Oh. 2000 was um, Gordon Tallis. 2001, Ben Kennedy. Uh, Knights. Knights. Um 2004, Willie Mason. 99, Melbourne. 2006, Shane Webke. So that's our great debate for Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power as we head to the break with a Makita Power Player up next. We'll uh, give you our nomination for this week shortly. Here is Paddy Dangerfield with another fishing tip for Anaconda. Anaconda, play more, pay less. Patrick Dangerfield here with another fishing tip for Anaconda. Play more, pay less. It's time to cut the downtime. Re-rigging lines, eating, ruffling through lure trays, pulling snags off the reef and constantly changing lures, all tuned to the amount of time our baits are in the water. Good preparation prior to a fishing expedition is essential. Having a clear picture of what you want to target prior to the fishing trip and what you need to target for that species will give you more time to actually catch the one that didn't get away. That's been another fishing tip for Anaconda. Spend $70 or more on fishing gear and get a bonus Anaconda fishing shirt.
Anaconda, where you can spend $70 on more of, of the fishing gear you need. And if you do, you'll get yourself a bonus Anaconda fishing shirt. That was Paddy Dangerfield. He'll be back next week with another big fishing tip. We'll take a quick break here on Off the Bench. When we return, Makita Power Player of the Week nomination time. Off the Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators and First Choice Liquor. This is Off the Bench for First Choice Liquor and Kubota for serious backup power. Yeah, welcome back to the program as we get to Sats Wait For It, the penultimate weekend. We've arrived. I know you love that word, penultimate. It gets used a lot this time of the year. Uh, for finals <laughs> footy, which is just around the corner. We think that the top eight's just about sorted, but uh, could be still just a little bit of a, a twist. It's been sorted for four weeks, Ben. Yeah, I know. But the, the makeup of the eight, we don't know who's going to finish top. We don't know who'll finish second. We don't know who'll finish in the top four. There is still a little bit to attend to. Uh, right now here on Off the Bench, thanks to our friends at First Choice Liquor, they've got all your liquor needs taken care of. Let's nominate a Makita Power Player. The Makita Power Player for Makita's cordless power garden range. Yeah, and they have the world's largest range, uh, over 180 tools on the one battery. Makita's cordless power garden range. Makita Power Player sats, and we've looked to the world game, but um, well, an outsider to the world game this week who is hoping to make it big in the land of football. What can you tell us? Yeah, Usain Bolt. How good is he? Yeah. Um, Eight-time gold medalist, uh, three Olympic Games, uh, the 100 and 200, now turning his attention to to soccer, which is his second love, of course, and now that he's retired from athletics uh, full-time. Um, getting a a trial with the Central Coast Mariners. Now, you know, there's been a lot of people that have sat back, Benny, haven't they? And you, you cover a lot of the A-League that have been very critical of this move. But I think out of all the leagues across the land... Mm. We are so fortunate that he has chosen Australia, which he's always had a great kindness and fondness for, um, to be able to come down here and even if this doesn't work out and he doesn't get a contract, just the exposure that's given, not only the game itself, but just the country, it's, it speaks volumes of, of how great we treat uh, visiting sportsmen and women. Yeah, and look, I, look, I understand the world we live in, Sats, that uh, the naysayers, the negative Nancys, the glass half-empty types will find any way to cut someone down to size. I think they call it the tall poppy syndrome. I'm not sure it's quite got to that level with Usain Bolt yet, but I mean, this is a guy who's achieved uh, just about everything he could in athletics. In fact, he did. He was unbeatable for a large stretch of time, broke world records, just an absolute freak, superstar. There's no other way to describe him. Easy for him to just put the feet up on the Sun Lounge in Jamaica and go and sit on a beach under a coconut tree and just um, enjoy the good life. But he's, he's challenging himself. And Very dangerous coconut tree. They are. You wouldn't want to sit, you don't want to sit under one. Yeah, that's probably a good yeah. point. Drink from a coconut, perhaps. But he's taking <laughs> a risk, uh, a risk on his brand. I mean, if he comes out and he, and he just is nowhere near the standard, um, he, he does. He, 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 he basically... Uh, takes one step forward but three steps back. So, look, Central Coast Mariners, it's great exposure for them, the money that they will generate from this from a a partnership or a sponsorship point of view if he is to make it to the final cut. But even if he doesn't, I mean, what's wrong with having a crack at these things? I mean, the worst that can happen is they get to the end of the trial period. He'll shake hands with Mike Mulvey and Mike will say, look, you're saying thanks for coming out. We've loved having you here. What you've given us from a professional point of view to rub off on our other players – from a footballing sense, it's not going to work, then what have we lost? I don't really yeah. see what the issue is. So I hope it goes well. I'm biased because I'm involved with broadcasting the A-League and to have this guy running around and running pretty quickly, mind you, it would be something special. So watch this space. As I've said to you, Benny, I 
Yeah, I don't watch a lot of A League. Um, I love watching a lot of the highlights each week to catch up on the on the latest. But this sort of all of a sudden makes me interested. Mm. I always I sit down and I watch Central Coast Mariner games because he is possibly playing. And yeah, there are some arguments that he's possibly keeping a a potential player out of a contract or out of a position. But if that player was yeah. is good enough, yep. he will beat Usain Bolt for that position. I think I think that um, the coaching staff at the uh, yeah, the Central Coast Mariners are well aware of that. Absolutely. You've got to go in with eyes wide open and you've got to give these things a chance and, and why not? Why die wondering? So there you go. Usain Bolt, Makita Power Player of the Week. Makita's cordless power garden range when power means business. The driver's seat preview for Kubota skid steers. Power at your fingertips. Oh, yeah, let's rip into this. All eyes will be on Talon Bend this weekend with the V8 Supercars. They're making their debut at Australia's newest track, the Bend Motorsport Park. South Australia's very own Nick Perkat, winner of Bathurst in 2011 and the first ever South Australian, by the way, to win the Adelaide 500. Joined the boys on the show to talk about his thoughts of this unknown track. So for Kubota Construction Equipment, the Masters of Engineering, let's take a little listen. So you're looking forward to it. I mean, it's, uh, it is going to be different. It's, it's a bit of an unknown, but uh, I mean, I think it's like any new track that we go to that um, there is that element of excitement before you go there it's not something that you've you know done I wouldn't say as a chore but done year in and year out and the same old thing as you go there it's a a brand new joint you know so is that something that's really you know excites you a bit more um, heading into uh, into next weekend yeah definitely excites you because there's yeah like you say the unknown and you don't you know little things of you know you don't even know what pit lane looks like you don't have any idea of how it all kind of works there and um, it'll be fun watching, you know, there'll be cars going left, right and centre for the first four or five laps because unlike Newcastle, we'll be able to take a lot of risk in the braking zones in the yeah, first right. part of the sessions. Um, but Newcastle obviously had to sneak up on it because there was a concrete wall at the other end of it. So <laughs> yeah. it'll, be, uh, it'll be interesting to see who um, decides to send it down into turn one at the first time after going for a, you know, a kilometre or so um, front straight. So that'll be interesting and Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's actually quite a technical middle sector. Um, there's a lot of up and down hills. There's some pretty cool braking zones that go uphill too. So yeah. I think it's actually going to be quite a fun track to drive. Um be interesting when the tyre goes away because um, our cars, well, supercars, you know, being heavy under tyre, they become a little bit awkward sometimes on a circuit like that when the tyre grip goes away. So... Um, we could see some serious wobbling in the back end of the race. This week, the last man to win a race in South Australia and the biggest threat to championship leader Scotty McLaughlin in Shane Van Gisbergen will join the lads on the show for a chat so you can catch it this Sunday on the driver's seat for Kubota M71, which has the size and power you need. Speak to your Kubota dealer. You can join in the conversation with us on Facebook and Twitter as well. Head to Off The Bench Crew. A little bit of Off The Bench still to attend to. Sats tips for round 24. That's coming up for you next. Off The Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators and First Choice Liquor. This is Off The Bench for First Choice Liquor and Kubota for serious backup power. Welcome back to the program. We're nearly done. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you're going to have yourself an amazing weekend. Thanks to Kubota. If you're out and about doing some work in the yard, uh, mowing the lawn, chopping down some trees, or just doing some do-it-yourself projects, Kubota Diesel Generators will provide reliable, constant backup power you need when you need it. And First Choice Liquor, of course, to reward yourself after doing all of that, head in for all of your liquor needs. Hey, Sats, before we get to your tips for round 24, I know as a rule you're not a big beer drinker, uh, but... I reckon even if you're not a huge fan of the amber fluid, you'd make an exception this weekend. And if you are making an exception, you'd be heading straight towards 
the great northern products because they are doing an amazing thing this weekend to support our Aussie farmers. Well, Benny, um, I know that you say that I'm not a beer drinker, and I'm not generally a beer drinker. I grew up in pubs ever since I was two, living in the pubs, <laughs> yeah. so I, I smelt of yeast and sugar basically <laughs> from my whole childhood. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, because of this great cause from Great Northern, I went to the Rag and Famish, which is a pub in North Sydney, Yep. Um, over the last 24 hours, and, and had a couple of Great Northers just, um, just in honour of uh, our great farmers who are doing it really tough at the moment, and by the looks of it, it looks as though there's some much-needed rain on the way. Yes. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's one day, two days. They, they yep. need everything they can to um, to uh, feed their crops of, as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great it's a great cause, and I hope everyone gets out there and, and supports it. Yeah, so the campaign, just to fill everyone in who might not be aware of it, is called Let It Pour. So you can uh, you can twist that in a couple of ways. As Sats has mentioned, we want it to pour. A bit of rain will be great in those parts of the country that need it. But also, they're going to let the Great Northern pour. And how they're doing this is by donating 1,000 kegs. That's right, 1,000 kegs to participating venues throughout Queensland and New South Wales and Victoria. And what Great Northern want to do is raise more than $1 million for the Drought Relief Fund. They've chipped in a quarter of a million to get the ball rolling, so that shows their intent. All you have to do, this is why it's easy for you, you just have to go to the local pub. And if they're a part of this whole great campaign, buy a Great Northern and every cent, not just 10%, not just 50 cents, or half the price of it, every cent will go through to the Drought Relief Fund. So uh, well done to Great Northern. We think they're fantastic. We're getting right behind it. And as soon as we're done here, uh, Sats will be heading straight to the pub for well, another Great People Northern. think that they've got it tough, and you know, they've no got idea. to control their own destinies yeah. when you're working day in, day out, and you can't control your destiny knowing you're going to get paid at the end of the week. But you think about a farmer who walks out the back of their property and looks over their land, and they've got no control whatsoever yep. of the outcome at all. It is yep. just in the hands of the gods. And that's why we need to uh, dig deep that Drought Relief Fund and Great Northern doing some awesome stuff. So well done there, guys. Uh, while we uh, get prepared to wet the whistle, let's get Sats Tips for Round 24. It's time for Scotty's Tips for Big Four Holiday Parks. Book your next great Australian break at bigfour.com.au. Yeah, Great Aussie Escapes, the website. Check it out, big4.com.au forward slash Great Aussie Escapes. Let's fire through these sats and let's get to the pub because round 24, uh, the games we're going to focus in on here, the Raiders and the Rabbits. The Raiders fresh from finally beating a top eight side. Yeah, absolutely. First time this year, Benny. Um, I think the Rabbits, they've got the Rolls-Royce of Rugby League returning in Greg Inglis. So Alex Johnson looks like he may not play because of that hamstring. So Inglis may play fullback. Um, and if that's the case, I, I think they'll be too good for the for the Raiders. The last mm. three times they've met, actually, the Raiders have put a really big score on the Rabbits. So um, they're up, it's up against them, the Rabbits, but I think they'll just have too much speed. All right, uh, let's have a look at the Titans and the Storm. This one on the Gold Coast, and it's a dangerous game when you consider all of the uh, setbacks the Storm have had of late. Yeah, I love it that the Titans are finally getting some respect from opposition sides, and most notably the Storm. They know how important this game is um, because of the speed of the Titans and the resilience they've been showing over the the last few weeks. Uh, But I just think the Storm... I'm going to say the Storm just because Cameron Smith has been listed to play. We don't know whether he's going to play, but... Uh, based on that he is playing, I think the Storm win, but not by much. Okay. Uh, Roosters-Broncos, big game Saturday night. Yeah, I, probably the game of the weekend, to be quite honest. Um, the Roosters got the best defensive record. The Broncos have been really inconsistent. I think the Broncos, but I think for some reason, I don't know why, I think the Broncos create a bit of an upset. Uh, the Broncos don't have a bad record at Allianz against the Roosters. All right. Sunday, two games to see us out. Sharks-Knights, first one. 
My son is travelling down to watch the Sharks versus Knights purely just to watch Caelan Ponga live. He's never watched him live. Well, guess what? He's just wasted a, uh, a plane ticket because <laughs> Caelan Ponga's pulled out. He may not play for the oh. final two games, which will hurt his Dally M chances. And the Sharks, who I think, um, along with the Rabbits, are the real premiership genuine threats. Uh, I think the Sharks win this comfortably. All right, and finally, the Dragons, who may have or may not have. It depends. We'll see soon enough, I'm sure. they turn the corner. Dragons take on the Bulldogs. Yeah, it wasn't an anomaly last week. We don't know with the Dragons, but uh, the Bulldogs were the team that ended the finals chances last year of the Dragons in that final game. So a um, little bit battle scar the Dragons, but I liked how they really grind out a win last week at Leichhardt. Had everything up against them, and they were able to get the win. So I'm going to say the Dragons. All right, uh, there we go. Book a great Aussie escape at bigfour.com.au. Uh, this has been Off the Bench. Sats, have yourself a great weekend. We'll catch you same time next week. No worries. Thanks, guys. And powered by Kubota. And thanks to First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. We'll see you uh, when we speak next. Have a great weekend. Hope your side has a win. You've been listening to Off the Bench.